0: This is the Best Run Podcast, brought to you by SAP. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of the Best Run Podcast, brought to you by SAP. Today, I have two guests with me, Pete Chapman and Kim Ustason, and we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence in business and what you need to know. Obviously, a lot of myths surrounding AI or artificial intelligence, so let's uh, do some myth-busting. So Pete, why don't you give us a bit of background about yourself? You're an enterprise architect at EY, and you've done a lot of work around digital transformation, but give us a total brief.
1: Sure. Thanks, Rishinka. Um, So I actually have an academic background in cognitive science and machine learning um, a long time ago, uh, back at the University of Edinburgh. Uh, But since joining EY, I've focused on digital transformation and helping the public sector and large enterprise clients to reconcile their long-term digital vision. But I'm very passionate about establishing um, data foundations that support greater automation and knowledge processing, and that's where the AI and the machine learning comes in for me.
0: And Dr. Kim Stazen. So Kim, you're an innovation principal uh, at the Ecosystem Platform Office for SAP, and you've got uh, over 18 years of experience internationally. So tell us a bit more about that.
2: So um, I started my career in retail, and, and I'm a retailer at heart, and. That's where um, I started understanding the role that artificial intelligence would have um, in organisations. So I've had multiple roles um, in merchandise operations. I'm working across South Africa, um, United Arab Emirates. I did a little bit of time in Malaysia and also in Australia. And the main purpose was how do we transform um, the operations in retail? And then I moved over into the technology role um, where I focused um, on implementing applications, and and now in the innovation space, uh, ultimately uh, I completed my PhD with a hope to see how we can enable businesses to improve their knowledge about AI and also how we use it um, across business.
0: Yeah, and I guess most pe- for most people, AI is you know the Jetsons, the Rose the Robot, or maybe <laughs> the Terminator. So let's talk about practical application in business environment. Yes. So Kim, can you explain what it is and what it, what are its key components?
2: So, there are, I think there's lots of confusion about AI, and there's so many different and various definitions for the technology. Like you mentioned, it's partly due to Jetsons, the Terminator, and iRobot ro- that creates all these unrealistic expectations of what the technology can and can't do. I prefer to use the definition of AI as computational agents that act intelligently. So, basically, in the simpler sense, AI performs tasks by using data, algorithms, and programs to process a specific output or goal. So all the AI that exists today is classified as narrow or weak AI. So that means um, AI can only perform the task in the simple or the very specific domain it's programmed to do so in. It can't do anything outside of that. So you can't use a personalization engine um, to answer queries online. It's, It's not the same thing. And I think um, where confusion comes from and misconceptions about AI is that it's such a vast uh, array of intelligent technologies and AI is pretty much an umbrella term and we've got technologies within that such as machine learning which is AI, um, deep learning, computer vision, digital assistants like Siri and also um, natural language processing to name a few but that's continuously evolving. And there are such some methods in, in AI that we can classify it in just to make it easier from an understanding perspective. So we've got analytical AI, we've got human-inspired AI, and then humanized AI, and that's the one everyone is afraid of and thinks it is. But um, analytical AI is basically the AI that would predict, it would recommend, it would mine data, it would do all of that, it will learn from past experiences. And that is the AI that 90% of businesses use today. Then human inspired, um, that is where it seems like the AI has got some sentiment and it's got some reactions, this chatbots and conversational AI, but they've been programmed to be like that. And then the one which is humanized AI, which is probably not going to happen in our lifetime, but that is where um, AI will be human-like and it will think and, and do things such as human, um, but that potentially is very far um, into the future.
0: And Pete, can you give us some real world applications of AI?
1: Yeah, sure. I really like um, the way Kim described AI there as being narrow and weak. We have a bit of a tendency at the moment to call everything intelligent uh, just because it's software. My, kind of my training it was all the Turing test, and you know, it's, you can't call it AI unless it's passing the Turing test in some way. <laughs> And it's kind of progressively weakens like, oh, well, maybe a chess player, um, playing against a computer that's, you know, beating the Turing test and convincing the human that it's a, you know, it's actually thinking and doing human like things. Um, so I think it's, it's really helpful to think in terms of, um, what we're doing today, these really narrow domains, um, that AI can be applied to, uh, that's, that's the AI of the business world. Um, and so the specific things Kim talked about machine vision, fantastic example where ai is really um, creating incredible um, benefits and efficiencies we've got a client that's um, using an infrared camera and then um, doing the analysis of the vision to identify um, potential quality issues and they can then intervene much sooner than they would if they didn't have that technology um, in the refinery Uh, so those kind of machine vision things are fantastic Um, looking at patterns looking at traffic looking at footsteps um, in the consumer space Looking at stock on shelves and identifying stock outs, machine visions, a fantastic example of, um, AI that is uh, really making a difference. And, you know, it's narrow, but at least it's, uh, it's, intelligent it's intelligent to some degree. Yeah. And then another uh, good example is where we've got the pattern recognition, um, and trying to match things in streams of data. You know, we've got a EY has an analytics department that spent a lot of time. Um, yeah, you can argue that a lot of machine learning looks like advanced analytics and, you know, what we used to call quantitative methods and yes. statistics, yeah. but, um, there is a, a machine learning angle to it where, um, you can detect patterns that you wouldn't normally get through traditional statistical algorithms. And those are, uh, there's an example, we've got a client that was using that to process applications for grants and, uh, they had a massive backlog that came up unexpectedly. Uh, And they used uh, the machine learning to recognise what was tending to get approved and put through. Um, It could identify those and accelerate. Uh, But in order to keep things um, safe and apply their principles, they had the rule that um, the machine can say yes and something that's beneficial to the customer. But if the outcome is a no, then it goes to a human to get double checked and processed. So that's the kind of thing that um, companies are doing to protect us from the AI getting it wrong um, and people being disadvantaged by that kind of technology. So that's a couple of examples.
0: Great examples. So those examples show that businesses actually can change quite dramatically using AI. So Kim, why don't you give us some insights into what that change might be?
2: So businesses can benefit um, from AI in various ways. So firstly, there are multiple touch points with data we've got today across the value chain. And um, what this creates is creates um, data complexities and also quite an enormous amount of data. So AI can help by processing that information and providing um, analytics and insights into what the data is, and that will give you insights into customer and sales data. Um, a second one is um, customers expect businesses to be um, online all the time and answer their questions. And... What can help you is something from a conversational AI will help businesses by answering these structured queries 24 hours a day. And then lastly, there's a lot of complexities in the value chain, um, especially now with supply chain disruptions, and it creates quite a lot of inefficiencies and in operations. And AI can help by streamlining some of these processes by taking over these manual tasks and automating them to enable decision making.
0: So you talked about insights, Kim. So, Pete, why don't you give us some, some of your uh, insights about how customers were using AI to make business decisions?
1: So we're, so using AI to make decisions um, is a good question. Decision support is a, a great topic. Um, I want to say a lot of benefit can be uh, achieved just by using logic uh, and automating simple processes with the application of basic logic. Uh, and I think people get confused and they think that, you know, well, we're going to automate a it, process it, or we're using AI and that's not the case. Um, but the AI comes in for very specific, um, areas where you need something that goes a little bit beyond, um, what you can do with, you know, with the simple logic. Um, so from a decision support, an example is, in fact, EY has a product called AI, um, for payables. And what we do is we use machine vision to scan documents, um, and draw content out of the documents. Um, then we apply rules and logic to the content that's um, being extracted to allocate, you know, what's the tax rate, what's the vendor that this document is relevant to, what type of document is it, you know, what are the codes, the categories, what account should it go under. So there's a combination there um, of various um, AI technologies, uh, but and also basic rules engines and rules logic all coming together. To come up with an outcome, which then a human can double check to make sure everything's lined up and what they used to, um, and even their responses. there's there's machine learning component that sees that when it does this, it tends to get it right. So that can get more and more automated. Um, and then, you know, if the human keeps going, Oh no, that's wrong. You've categorized it incorrectly. Then it can learn from that and ad- adjust its algorithm for what it's allocating things to. Um, so that's an example of decision support at the coalface, face, if you like. Um, with tasks that are very manual, um, relatively repetitive and tedious, and we're kind of raising the value of, um, you know, what the human worker is able to contribute to the process by saying, you know what, we'll let the machine do the really basic stuff and we'll just use your brain for the things you actually need to think about.
0: So based on what you just said, uh, it sounds like you need to take a balanced approach to how you actually incorporate artificial intelligence into your workflows
2: me your perspective on that? Yes, I agree. You need to take a a balanced um, approach. I think when you implement AI into your workflows, there are a lot of things you need to consider as an organization, and you shouldn't only focus on AI as a technology. You need to look at AI implementation across the entire organization. And it's really important to include, include your people, the structure around that, and also, um, what sort of tasks you're going to au- automate into your workflows. Cause if we think of a workflow, there's a logical step between an AI automating a task and also handing it over to an uh, employee and then how that's handled in a structure. So there are some, I've got some recommendations that businesses should probably look at when you want to Im- implement it because implementing any AI is a m- massive change management undertaking, and it should not be underestimated by businesses. So when you, when you want to bring an AI in, you need to understand, is it actually this task that I'm doing, is it actually an AI-relevant task? Do I have all the data available? Um, is it um, repetitive enough to put that in? And then you also need to ensure that you've got the actual clear quality data and the infrastructure to process because um, it can take quite a lot of processing capacity. And then from an employee side is, when you've got the algorithms working and you've got it do it you have the team members that understand how to work with it, so they can actually change the data and react to the output and also change it as necessary. And then when you put it in, and I've mentioned this earlier with the logic, there will definitely be a change in the way of working. Um, it's You'll get more value out of AI when you embed it into a process rather than trying to fits it into something that's really slow and outdated. So you'll need to adapt the way of working. And then also the employees that will work with it, do they actually understand what the output is and and how to change that? And then that's how you you could potentially scale it across your workflows.
0: Now, I'm sure you're familiar with that Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) So what are some of the uh, measures that businesses should take to make sure that they're using AI responsibly?
2: So, AI is all about data. Um, I was going to say data, 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 and getting that um, as accurate as you can. You want to ensure that you've got proper data management, governance, privacy policies in place to manage the data, because if you're giving um, AI the wrong data, it's going to give you um, the wrong output. from my perspective, no AI um, is biased, um, so the data we give it is biased, so we need to ensure that we've got representative samples based on the use cases because it's very use case dependent. And then do you have um, – as if you're a good corporate citizen, you'll have um, corporate governance practices in place and you want to make sure that you've got um, – some framework for managing AI models that your business is aware of and all the users can work towards. If you're a good corporate citizen, that should be included in that. And then, again, on the employees with the capability to understand the output, to change it if it doesn't look right and to quickly react to that. That's what should be in place.
0: And, Peter, I, I think that people are using AI now as a competitive differentiator. But, so will all businesses have to come up to speed with AI in order to stay competitive? Uh,
1: look, I think the answer to that... Certainly in my lifetimes, no. And the reason for that is most businesses today, it's actually relational. You know, it's people doing services for other people. Uh, and you don't need AI uh, for that. But having said that, um, the, the situations where AI is beneficial uh, tends to, because it's an investment, right, to put AI in and to train it up to do a particular task uh, and to optimise it and test it and make sure it's getting right and all those kinds of things. So it tends to work most effectively in high volume tasks where you're processing a lot of things um, and tend to be quite repetitive um, and tend to be trainable. Right. So that's the the narrow AI that we have today. And while AI stays narrow, I think it's going to remain a lot like that. But uh, I'm very hopeful that uh, in future we get much better with our data uh, because in order to do something intelligently, you have to have a knowledge base. Uh, if you don't, if you can't think, um, if you can't know something, you can't think about it. And that knowledge base is our data today, which we know how many challenges we have trying to combine data from different sources, even as human beings, let alone trying to get an AI to do it. Um, which, and top tip here, if a human can't do it, it's going to be very hard to get an AI to do it. Um, in future as we improve our data models and we get more general about the way we store information and it becomes more. Um, kind of universal instead of being siloed into individual applications, then we're going to have a lot more application for, um, broader AI and more intelligent AI to actually really get some insights from information and add a lot more value.
0: And are there challenges with implementing artificial intelligence?
1: Uh, so there are, um, a number of challenges that we have found. I'll just give you some of the examples. We've got long, um, solution development timelines. And the reasons for that include internal capability to uh, actually know what AI is and how to implement it into a business. Data security is an issue. A lot of people have privacy concerns. It's very topical at the moment. Um, getting access to data and even the quality of the data um, that the AI is working with um, can be a big challenge for businesses. Uh, trying to scale from a proof of concept to production is always a challenge, whether it's AI or, or any kind of pilot. It's a, a big gap between what you can do in your labs and what you have to do in a production environment. I guess trying to create um, multiple point solutions is a challenge. A lot of businesses are quite siloed and so you've got one area um, coming up with a great solution, but now it has to apply across the business to other areas. Um, And even just trying to get the business to consume the AI um, that you have created. Uh, it's, it's the same challenge we have for all kinds of software. It's like, we've put in this great solution, but nobody's using it. How do we drive adoption? How do we get people to uh, actually use these things we've created? So those are just a few of the, uh, the challenges we have, even with the narrow AI today.
0: So let's switch gears and talk about the future of AI, which is where most of the headlines appear in the newspapers. <laughs> so Kim, do you see a future where AI will take over the tasks in the business world?
2: So today, most of the AI that exists are very small task orientated and it's not doing entire jobs or entire business processes. Um, It's yet to decide um, what AI can and can't do because it's still evolving technology. And if it's going to take over tasks, I see it more of augmenting human ability in the future. It's about how we work together and getting AI to take over these manual tasks, as Pete mentioned, and getting that highly structured, highly repetitive tasks automated. Um, There are some um, instances where where AI is taking over very high frequency um, repetitive tasks, such in manufacturing, where robots are taking over quite a lot in the manufacturing process, However, that is safer um, for um, humans than in those factories. And um, here in Australia, where we are service-based um, country, we need to look at how we can actually embed um, AI into tasks. This is how we're gonna be more productive and enable the team members we do have, because we do also have a shortage of skills and labour. Um, how do we? The, how do we? improve the employee's productivity we have by taking manual tasks away and, and augmenting that and giving them that time to free up um, what they're doing. Even something as highly repetitive as um, and highly implemented as chatbots, conversational AI today, they're doing a lot of structured queries um, and very repetitive queries they can answer. But there's still um, a human customer service agent that comes in and answers these questions that's out of the norm that it doesn't understand.
0: So do you see that it would eventually replace human decision making? <laughs>
2: um not in the technology's current form and um not probably in our lifetime. I, I don't see that. AI doesn't yet understand the context in which businesses operate. Um and it's very hard for AI to figure out what's the handoff between business strategy and what the business is doing and the task and how all of that is happening. So that is actually quite difficult to create decisions. I'm hoping that AI's capability will expand um, and that it can can help us, but I see it more um, from enabling humans to make de- better decisions than taking over the decisions. Great.
0: And Pete, what industries do you see AI having the biggest impact on?
1: I think the uh, it's more in terms of where, in a particular industry, there's large scale, high volume, repetitive tasks. Um, and quite a lot of industries, you know, that spring to mind around that. Healthcare is a, a great one. So hospitals, um, AI is working in there to identify anomalies in billing, in consumption of um, services, um, trying to help with fraud when things are outliers. The AI can identify that and draw it to someone's attention to look at. It. Finance is a, a great industry for AI. Um, fraud, of course, uh, things like know your customer. AI yeah, is doing a lot of work in scanning documents, trying to, um, bring content out of those documents, make sure that everything is, uh, consistent, identifying the outliers, um, automating manual processes, uh, government compliance is a big area. Um, even things like, um, work site safety, you know, AI and machine vision can be used to identify when people are wearing their safety gear or not. And, you know, make sure that people are protected and are complying with what the site safety rules are. So. Yeah, every industry can benefit, and it's about finding within the industry what are those activities or processes um, that are repetitive and manual and um, can have the AI uh, do something a human's doing today.
0: And, Pete, what do you think will be the next big application of AI?
1: Oh, I love this question. Uh, I think the next no, big no, no. application <laughs> for AI is going to come um, when we get better with data, and in particular when we can bring more colour into the data that we're capturing and uh, specifically things like, you know, what confidence do we have in this information? And how important is this piece of information that I've collected? When we're actually capturing those kind of nuances in the information that we've got, and when we're capturing information in a way that it's much more generalised, it's not, you know, specific to one application, then we'll have a landscape where AI can bring incredible value. It will be able to identify patterns in not just a narrow data set that we've got today, but it'll be able to look across a, a massively broad data set and identify patterns that even humans aren't identifying today. So I think that's, you know, the next application um, and the next leap forward in AI is dependent on our knowledge engineering and how we store information. Uh, and it's going to be so fantastic when we're not having to keep typing everything in again yes. and again and again to every website, every application, you know, paying people like me a small fortune to try and integrate all of these enterprise yes. applications together get them to talk and model the information and transformation. Uh, you know, we've been doing data the same way yes. for 50 years. We're still using SQL and fields and records, right. You know, and relational tables. Yeah. You know, my grandfather would probably recognize those things you know? so that's that's the big breakthrough that we have to have to give ai the knowledge base that it needs to be really efficient and move from narrow and weak to strong and really really useful
0: well thank you both for joining us so before we close can you both share what role sap and ey are playing in helping customers leverage artificial intelligence
2: so um we actually realized that there was a, a gap in the market um, and we created an AI council um, across um, the partners, and EY um, plays a big role in that, where we're working on um, under, understanding what's happening in the Australian market and also how we, um, across all the partners, can also enable AI throughout the Australian industry we've got some focus areas that we're working on. It's still um, fairly new and and we are growing and we're putting some structure behind this. But we want to have a story about how AI can help um, from a productivity perspective. And we've got a few focus areas. So um, how can we actively pursue and and see what use cases we can use SAP AI for? Um, How do we educate industry and some of our customers about what AI is and, and its role? Um, and how it can help us with our workflows and then um, our big um big strategy or big vision is how do we work with and influence peak bodies industry about the responsible and safe use of ai in the future great P, did you have anything to add
1: um yeah that, that's fantastic summary of what we're doing together yeah. um ey builds a lot of products internally as well on sap's ai technologies um, specifically in areas around auditing and accounting and the things that we're known for. Uh, so that's our, our contribution to the market on SAP technology um, and supporting SAP in these kinds of initiatives. Amazing.
0: Well, thank you both for joining us today. I have to say, personally, I'm enjoying my robot vacuum cleaner at home. It's, <laughs> it's revolutionised <laughs> <Me too. laughs> my weekend. Uh, but thank you both again. And um, you've been listening to the Best Run podcast brought to you by SAP. You've been listening to the best run podcast brought to you by SAP.